hey, we're the body, right? And so when the body works together, as I preach, listen, as I preach, I can be good, but I can be better. You know what makes me better? When I hear you guys amening me, you know, right? When I hear you guys saying, that's right, pastor. That's just encouragement to me. And all of a sudden, my preaching is going to go to the next level. And instead of me being a B preacher, suddenly I'm going to be an A preacher. So come on, we can do this, church. You can make me a better preacher. Come on, let me hear you. That's right. I'm better already. Whew. See, you guys make, we make our one another's jobs easier. This is church. This is the way. Amen. Hey, uh, I'm super excited. This is a great series. There's so much that we need to know about the church. Uh, so much stuff that we get from being together with one another. Uh, we're going to jump into this message in just a moment, but let me just let me just pause for a moment and let me just speak to the word that came forth this morning. Sometimes you just got to shake. Sometimes you've just got to move. Sometimes you've just got to do something in the natural to get you to get your uh, mind to stop thinking the way you're thinking, to get your body to stop thinking the way it's moving. Sometimes you've just got to do something to shake it up. Sometimes you just got to you, you just got to go for broke. Sometimes you just got to lay it on the line. The the two the the two blind men sitting on the edge of the road, and they hear Jesus is passing by, and they're like, "Son of David, son of David," and everybody around them like, Shh, "Be quiet, be quiet." And what they do? They're like, yeah? David, son of David. They got louder. And they're like, calm down. Listen, I'm blind. What do I have to lose? I already look like whatever I look like. I don't even know what I look like. I'm blind. We're all blind. So they shout out even louder. I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to get to Jesus. I don't care if I look like a fool. Think of David. He sins with Bathsheba. What does he do? He, he goes in. He does something. I'm going to go in, and I'm just going to sit before the Lord. You know, think of Peter. Think of the 12 apostles. Here they are. They're, they're down, man. Jesus died. They're left alone. Some other people had seen him. The ladies said that he rose from the grave, and they're just hanging out. And they're like, man, what gives? I want to see Jesus. And Peter's like, you know what? I'm going fishing. <laughs> That's probably a bad decision. But it's a decision. Some movement, the wrong movement, is better than no movement. Sometimes you've just got to move. If we stand with our hands in our pockets all day, we'll end up with our hands in our pockets. But if we take our hands out and we just begin to shake them, if we just let our feet begin to move, I'm not a good dancer. You may see me carrying on up here. I'm not good by any stretch of anyone's imagination, not even my own. Pastor Steve has taught me ballroom dancing. I can't count the number of times. I have trouble keeping beat. I'll clap and throw the drummer off. That's why they put a cage around him. It's me. My fault. It doesn't stop me. I don't care. Because I know, I know God's so faithful. God's so faithful. Every time I move, every time I worship him, every time I say, I'm going to give it my all, he gives his all to me. Even when we're, watch this, even, Bible tells us, even when we're faithless, 
Even when we're faithless, even when we've been unfaithful to God, God is faithful to us, for he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is. God's faithful. And we can mess up. We can mess up. We can whatever all week long. But when we come back to God and when we bow our knee and we say, God, I'm sorry. I want more of you. He's faithful. He's faithful. Never count yourself out. God never counts you out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God loves you. God loves you. It's the love of God. We're going to talk more today about the love of God. It's the love of God. We all need a lesson in love. We all need to learn how to love better and deeper and longer and stronger. 1 Corinthians 13 should never get old to us. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Glory to God. All right, let's get into the message. We're going to wrap up, church, this is the way, and I want to talk about why it's important for all of us to do our job. And so today's message is entitled, Do Your Job. Do Your Job. And so uh, where does this come from? Do we have any Patriots fans in the house? Yeah, I see a couple. Ah, Patriots fans, yeah, there they are. I see them, a couple hands at least. They're the team... They're the team that everyone loves to hate. Actually, that's a true statistic. Uh, of all the different sports teams, they're, they're, they're one of the most hated uh, sports teams in all of professional sports. I don't know why that is. It's probably because they win so much. Ah, oh, everybody, see, everybody's got an opinion. And so, but the reality is, the reality is, is and this is just the truth, is that they are... What, they are the most winning football team in recent history. <laughs> they are the most winning football team in recent history. And the reason for that is not because they cheat. Everybody cheats. As is common knowledge. We'll not go down that road. The reason for that is because this is their motto. Their motto is, do your job. Do your job. Do your job. See, football is different than many other sports because it's way heavier on team. You can have the single best player in all of football history and still lose because you don't have a good team. You can have the best quarterback standing in behind the center to receive the ball, but if you don't have an offensive line that can block for him in a second or two so that he can throw the ball... You're never going to win. You can have the best running back, but if you don't have people that can block so that he can get down the field, it's, you're not going to win. You can have the best wide receivers, but if you don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball, you, it's a team effort. You can have the best defense that's ever played the game, but if you don't have a good offense, you can't score points. You can't win without scoring points. It's a team effort. It's more of a team effort than any other, than any other sport. Why do they call baseball coaches, managers, because they don't have to coach as much. It's not as much of a team effort. Oh, baseball people are going to hate me now. Football, do your job. And so why do they win? They win because they emphasize the fact that everybody 
does their job. We have football. We have a field that's a given width by a given length. And your job is to protect your space on the field. And so we all do our job and we win the game. And this is why it works. And so today, I want to talk about how in the church, we need to learn this principle and we need to do our job. I'm an okay preacher. But if I had a little amen group giving me a little amen once in a while, my preaching suddenly gets better. I make that long bomb. Hail Mary. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let's jump into some scripture here. Is this biblical? Pastor Matt, you're just feeding me a line. Is this biblical? Absolutely. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read the whole chapter. Paul starts out and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by this Holy Spirit. And so G Paul here is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's trying to set them up. He's actually setting them up here in this first paragraph, and he's setting them up for the idea that, hey guys, we've all got to work together in this thing called church, and we've all got to do our job. And so what he's saying here to begin with is, no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed. So if somebody's saying, you know, ah, curse Jesus, well, okay, they're not a Christian. Don't work with that person. They're not in the church. But if someone is saying, you know, Jesus is Lord, then they are a Christian. So he's giving us the qualifications as to whether or not somebody's a Christian, whether or not we can work with them in things regarding the church. Make sense? Right. Okay, so number one, there's the church of redeeming love here, and there is the church at large, the church globally. And so we are the church. People that attend here are the church. We're the church. Church is the body of believers. It's not the building. And so we all work together, and we will work with other bodies of believers, and we do in many ways, and we will, and we'll continue to do that, more so in the coming months. And then he goes on and he says, there are, there are diversities of gifts, but there is the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. And so no matter what it is that your gifting is, no matter what your ministry is, no matter what your ability is, no matter what your talent is, no matter what it is that God's given you to do, God gave you to do it. God may have given you the gift to speak. It's God. God chose that that's what you were going to do. God may give you the ability to help. That's what he gave you to do. God may give you the ability to walk, to go, to, to, to carry, to on and on and on and on and on. That's what God's given you to do. Don't despise what God's given you to do. God gave it to you to do. It is the same God who works all of these gifts in one another. It's the same God. Listen, I don't have the luxury of changing my assignment. God has given me an assignment. He's given you an assignment. We're on assignment. And I can't change 
what God's, what God's given me to do. I can, I can try, as Jonah did, to walk away from it. That didn't, we saw last week that didn't work out well for him. God gave him assignment, go to Nineveh. He said no, and he went to Tarsus, right? Fascinating thing that jumped out to me as, as Jamie was preaching last week. It said, it said, God provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Does the provision in your life currently look like the inside of a fish's stomach? <laughs> that could be... Pro- the inside of a fish's stomach could be the provision of the Lord. Ugh, really? Oh, What's the other option? The other option was that he die in the sea. So instead, God had mercy and sent a fish to swallow him. <laughs> and that was the provision of the Lord. Ah, oh, oh. So, uh, tough. I like it. I don't want to think about it. God provided. I don't have the luxury of changing my assignment. I mean, I don't know that I'd really want to. We, as Christians, tend to hold pastoring, preaching, preaching more so than pastoring, on a pedestal, and it's something that we all think that we would all like to do. I've been delivered from wanting to do it. The Bible says that where words are many, sin is not lacking, and it's my job to get up here every week and speak for 40 minutes. And so it takes me a lot of words to fill up 40 minutes. And so as I speak for 40 minutes, I'm using a lot of words. Therefore, sin is not lacking. These are the challenges that we face. That we face. The Bible says <laughs> that even a fool is thought to be wise if he holds his tongue. Listen, I've come a long ways on that scripture. <laughs> God's honest truth, guys. If you get me in a group of people, more often than not, more times than not, I'll sit and I'll listen to what's going on. This is just my nature. This is just who I am. I'm a listener first. Then what happens is I process things, and then I have something to say. And so a lot of times I feel like, um, is it Elihu from the book of Job? Eliahu, the youngest one? He says, I'm the youngest, and I've held my peace until now. And then he speaks foolishly. <laughs> but I don't have the luxury of changing my assignment. God said, God said, Troy, I need you in Troy. We're here to save the city of Troy. But God, Albany's much better. Send me to Albany. God, I really want to go to Africa. Send me to Africa. God, you know, Florida's much nicer. They don't get snow down there. Can I go minister in, in Florida? <laughs> no. I mean, I could. I could do that, but then the provision of the Lord might look like the inside of a fish's gut. <sighs> so I stay here in New York where there's snow and there's high taxes, and I say, God, it's your will for me to be here. It's your bill. You're going to provide for me. You're going to provide the best for me, and as I'm here and as I'm accomplishing what you told me to do, as I'm doing my assignment, you're going to give me the best of the best of the best. Because you don't let your kids lack for anything. 
You are God, and you own the cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold is yours. All the silver is yours. And if I need anything, I know where to go. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't have the luxury of changing my assignment. So we just do what God's called us to do. Here's the, here's the wonderful thing is that when we complete our assignment, he gives us another one. Glory to God. So once we get, once, once we get the city of Troy saved, maybe I can move to Florida or St. Thomas. That'd be nice. Weather 75 there all the time. Hawaii, that'd be fantastic. God, whatever you want, I'm open. <laughs> but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing also by the same Spirit. Why did God give you your, why did God give you your gift? Why did God give you your gift? The scripture just told us. It says, the manifestation of the Spirit, the gift that you have received, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life is given to you, to each one, for the profit of all, the profit of the body, the profit of others. God didn't give you a gift so that you could look good. God didn't give me the gift to be able to process stuff and ask questions the way I do and be able to preach the way I do so that I can look good. If he wanted me to look good, he would have made me a model or something. There's a lot of other things he could have done if that was his case. He gave me what I've given. He, he gave me what he's given me to do for you. He's given you what he's given you to do for me and for her and for him and for everybody else in the room. And it's not about you. Your gift is not about you. <laughs> Lord. Your gift is not about you. It's not to bring attention to you. It's not so that you can feel good, although you will. When you use your gift the way that God intended you to use your gift, you will, you will never, ever, 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 ever be happier than when you're doing that. God has put a gifting in you, and when you use that gift, you are fulfilled in such a way that you cannot be fulfilled in any other thing. Food won't do it. Drink won't do it. Uh, love won't do it. Nothing will do it when you serve God the way that you're intended. There is such a rush. <laughs> oh, it's good. To another, so he continues his list of the different gifts. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as who wills, as he wills, as God wills. It's God who decides. I don't get to decide. You don't get to decide Pastor Tom, Pastor Steve, Pastor Stacy, Jamie, none of us get to decide. Nobody gets to decide. It's God who chose what you're to do. God chose what you're to do. God said what you're to do. God put those gifts in you. 
Psalm 139. Before I was ever born, God wrote a book about my life, exactly what it would look like. Been kind of boring now, up until now, but it heats up in the next chapter, I promise you. That joke never gets old. No matter what your gifting is, and we're going to read through the, the list of giftings here in a moment, a partial list. No matter what your gift is, we just read through a list, we're going to make a more complete list. No matter what your gift is, it's the Holy Spirit who gave you that to do. No matter what your gift is, it's the Holy Spirit that gave you that to do. It's God who gave you that to do. It's the, we're working by the same Spirit. So whether I'm preaching the Word or whether I'm just simply helping somebody change a tire on the side of the road, it's the same Spirit of God that's helping. It's the same Spirit of God that's active in me. It's the same thing. Me preaching up here and somebody changing the tire on the side of the road for somebody that's broken down. It's the same thing. It's the same. I prepare hours for a message. Are, are, for those of the gift of helps, are you preparing for hours to change the tire on the side of the road? For those evangelists, are you preparing for hours to go to the grocery market and to preach the gospel to somebody? For those with the gift of uh, prophecy, are you preparing in the secret place so that you can hear God when it's time? There's preparation that we need. What's your gift? Are you using it? Are you doing your job? Because what happens is when we all do our job, we're going to win, and we're going to win more often, and the body of Christ is going to win and win and win and win and win, and we're going to win. Here's the list, partial list. So if you are interested, the, the gifts are listed. There's gift lists and it's not a complete list, but the, there's gift lists in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We just read Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians 4. This is the list that you have the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor, those who move in gifts of healings, gifts of miracles, gift of helps. I love that 1 Corinthians 12 puts gift of healings and gift of helps right next to one another. The gift of administration, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of a word of knowledge, the gift of exhortation, the gift of giving. Listen, we're all called to give, but there are certain people that have the gift of giving. It's actually a gift that's been given to them, and they have the ability the supernatural ability to give 50, 60, 80, 90% of their, their, their income. It's a gift. The gift of leadership and the gift of mercy. And so these are all different, these are all different gifts that you can flow in. What's your gift? What's your gift? Do you know what your gift is? Do you know what your gift is? Question number two, are you using it? What's your gift? Everybody pull out your engage card. Here's the, here's the list. Here, this week, I will. This week, I will. If you don't know your gift, this week, I'll find my gift. In the coming engage group, I don't know, this summer or this fall, we'll have an engage group. What's my gift? We'll all be able to identify our gift. We had, we had this here a few years ago, maybe many years ago. Pastor preached a message 
uh, Finding Our Gift, fantastic series. I think he went six months on it. It was great. Each week was a different gift. I learned so much. Find my gift. What's your gift? This week, find your gift. Read through the list. Pay attention to what it is that you do to try to solve a problem. We watched this video clip here years ago, and I'm just going to summarize it because it's fantastic. And so there's this kid walking with a lunch tray into the cafeteria, and he trips and he falls, and he spills his lunch, and he goes crashing to the floor. And there's all these people in the lunchroom all around him, and every, all the different people that watched what happened responded in a different way. One person witnessed what happened, ran right over and, and got down with, with the young man and said, are you okay? Are you okay? That's the gift of mercy. He's so concerned about this young man. Are you okay? Somebody else, the gym coach was standing by, and he's like, someone fell. I don't remember. We didn't know the guy's name. And he's like, Bobby, go get another tray. Jimmy, go get the nurse. Aaron, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? It's the gift of leadership in action. There's a problem. Yo, we're going to get everybody to solve the problem. We're all going to get in on this. That's the gift of leadership. And so the way you address a problem, right? Somebody sees the kid fall, and immediately they're like, God, we just need you. It's a gift of intercession. The first thing you want to do is pray. Gift of healings. We're going to, he, he hurt his knee. We're going to pray that his knee is not hurt anymore. The gift of evangelism. He tripped and fell. He must need Jesus. <laughs> Word of wisdom. I see that you tripped because your shoelaces were untied. Uh, you didn't do that right. You need a little bit more training in, in delivering that gift. <laughs> uh, we'll keep going. For as the body is one and has many members, but all of the members of the body being many are one, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, we have been all made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And so what's Paul saying here? He says Jew or Greek or slave or free. Listen, it doesn't matter what you were before. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It doesn't matter if you're American or a foreigner. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or Asian or whatever. It doesn't matter. Nothing, none of that matters. We are all one. We're all individual and we're all one. We're all one and we're all many. We're individuals, but together we are one. And so he starts to move into this idea of being the body. The, the body of Christ, relating it to a physical body. Let's see what he does here. And he says, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were hearing, where would the smelling be? When we choose to not take part in the body, We hurt the body. We hurt what the body's able to do. What does God want? God wants the entire city of Troy to be saved. How is that going to happen? It's going to take all of us. It's actually going to take more than all of us. It's actually going to take a lot more than all of us. 
It's going to take many people. But what does God want? He wants us to figure out how to do that. It takes planning. It takes coordination. It's going to take all of us. It's going to take every hand on deck. When you go out to do something in the garden, I'm a gardener. I like to garden. When you go out to do something in the garden, you need every part of your body working. You need your pinkies working. You need your knees working. You need your back working. You need your feet working. You need your knees working. Last year, I got a jump on my garden. I got it in super early. I had a hoop house, and I put plastic on it, and I actually sowed vegetables into the ground on March 22nd. I sowed seeds into the ground. Guys, we had snow like two weeks ago. Yeah, March 22nd. But I had a greenhouse, right? And so I got started, I got started so early. I was so thrilled. I'm going to get so many vegetables this year. And then about a week or two after having sowed my garden, I put my back out. And so I remember clearly, watch, I remember clearly walking out into my garden. Beautiful, I've got a fence all around, hoop house, plastic, vegetables are starting to pop up. And sure enough, now there's some little weeds starting to pop up, and I need to weed. And I remember being in the hoop house, and I remember going down like this, and I remember being in such pain. I was in such pain, I was just like, oh, I just, I just can't do this. And I, and I went back in the house. I couldn't do what I had to do because one part of my body wasn't working. My feet were fine. My legs were fine. My knees were fine. My hands were fine. My eyes were fine. My ears were fine. My head was fine. On and on and on and on and on. The one thing was a pinched nerve right here in my back. Done. Not happening. We're the body of Christ. Someone here is a hand. Someone here is a foot. Someone here is a hearing, an ear. Someone here is an eye. And someone here is that L1 vertebrae, that disc in the back, and you're not functioning, and I've got pain down my left leg, and we can't do it as a church, people. Who is it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm serious. <laughs> but this is the way it is. This is the way it is. When, when every one of us when every one of us comes together, you know, there's something about unity. Psalm 133, when brethren dwell together in unity, Acts 2, all the apostles were there. They were of one mind and one accord. They had it going on. They all wanted the same thing. They were all in it to win it. They all had their skin in the game. They all put forth the effort. Every single person that gathered together was like, yeah, whatever it costs, we're going to do this. We're going to see this come to pass. And then what happened? An explosion takes place. God cannot restrain himself. Even if he wanted to hold back, he can't hold back. This is what Psalm 133 says. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the, it is like the, the, the oil upon the beard, running down upon the cloak, running down upon the garments. For there God commanded the blessing. 
We get together in unity to accomplish something. God commands the blessing. We have, it's like, it's like, it's like if, we, if we chose to do something for the wrong reasons, but we all chose that we were all going to do it together anyway, that God still has to bless it. It's kind of like that. Obviously, what would happen is that if we were doing something wrong for the wrong reasons, right, somebody within the group would be wise enough and be like, yeah, this isn't going to work, guys. Now we're not in unity. And so then God doesn't have to command the blessing. But there is a commanded blessing. When in Acts 2, the disciples, the apostles, all gathered together, and they were of one mind and one accord, and every part of that body was functioning perfectly, God pours out the Holy Spirit like he never had before. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, power for the apostles to do miracles, signs, and wonders, just as he, Jesus had done. Why? Because they were all together, all in one place. Every member of the body was functioning. We're all here. We're all going for it. When we choose not to take part in the church or in the body, no matter what our reasons are, whether it's jealousy or inferiority or superiority or frustration, we hurt both ourselves and the church. And that's just a short list of reasons why we could choose not to take part. I'm going to say that again. When we choose to, when we choose to not take part in the church, the body of Christ, no matter what our reasons are, whether it's jealousy or inferiority or superiority, which is the opposite of inferiority, or frustration, right? These are just a few reasons. We could list hundreds. I could go on all day. I go on for the rest of the day for reasons why we would choose to not take part. We're all part of a family. We all grew up in a family. We've all been offended by our family. Well, same thing's going to happen here. We're the family of God. I'm going to, at some point, where words are many, sin is not lacking. So at some point, I'm going to say something. Someone's going to be offended. Sin is, is sure to happen. I mean, I'd I be as careful as I can. You could be offended. There could be frustration. He's not moving fast enough. He moves too fast. I, I like this. I don't like that. On and on and on. The frustration. Jealousy. Why does he get to do it all the time? Why does she get to do it all the time? Why isn't why isn't this? Why isn't that? Inferiority. I, you know what? I, there's so much wrong with me. Superiority. You know what? I'm so much better than all of these people. It's all sin. It's all stuff that we haven't dealt with. But when we don't deal with it and it keeps us from functioning within the body, then we're hurting the body. And we hurt ourselves. Verse 18. But now God has set members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased and if they were all one member, where would the body be? You know what I think of when I read this scripture every single time I read this part? I think of the movie Spy Kids, right? You guys remember that? Right? Remember the thumbums? There were these giant thumbs that ran around. They were just a thumb. Posable thumbs are fantastic, but what if we were just a thumb? <laughs> what if all you had was a thumb, guys? Imagine your whole body is just one giant thumb. What are you going to do with that? That's stupid. It doesn't work. I can't, I can't get that picture out of my head. I mean, I don't even really remember that movie that well, but the thumbums. Oh, sorry, guys. But now indeed, verse 20, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. 
That one little disc in between vertebrae one and two down at the bottom, let me tell you, I cannot tell you how necessary that vertebrae is to work for me to do what I need to do. Amen? amen. Come on, let me hear an amen. amen. Yeah. Did you ever try doing something without your pinky? Right? It seems so insignificant, this little tiny finger down at the end of our hand. Break it. Put it in a cast. Go just tape it up. Right? Just tape it up so that you can't have it. Both of them. And then try and do something. Everything, every single thing that you do becomes, begins to be harder. Just because you don't have one little finger that most of the time we would think is insignificant. The list goes on and on. We could do this all day. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts, we have greater modesty. But on our presentable parts, we have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there may be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. A schism is defined as a division often because of disagreement, that there would be no division in the body because of disagreement. And so all these different members, some are more honorable, some are less honorable. Listen, every family's got the Uncle, uncle Jim or, or the, the Aunt, uh, I don't know, Aunt Karen, right? That one, that one relative, you're like, pray, God, please don't let them be at this family gathering. It's so difficult when they're there. We've all got that. The body of Christ has that too. I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. Hey, <laughs> but God has put all these parts in the body so that we can all do something. And so problems arise, problems arise, watch this, problems arise when we, we think everything should be done as according to our body part, right? If you're a hand, there's people in the body here that are hand, and the, think, the thought you think often is, we just need to be doing more. You know, we need to be out in the community. We need to be giving to the poor. We need to be on the streets. We need to be doing this. We need to be doing that. We just need to do more. You know, this singing is fine and all, but we need to go do something else. You know, listening to Pastor Matt on a Sunday is fine, but we need to do something. Hands want to do something, right? If you're, if you're like, man, we just need to do more, then you're probably a hand. You want to do something. Well, listen, we've got lists of things for you to do. Just mark it on your engage card. I'm a hand and I'm frustrated. I'll call you, and I'll give you things to do. There's 37 things. We got things. I got a list. Trust me, I got a list. Thank God. Somebody's going to write down that they're a hand, and I'm going to be so happy. The foot thinks, the foot, if you're a foot, you're like, listen, what do feet do? They go. We just need to go someplace. You know, we just need to go more. We need to go here. We need to go there. We need to go, 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 go. We don't go enough. We need to go. We need to go. We need to go. We need to go, 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 go. That's a foot. If you just are frustrated because we don't go, you're a foot. <laughs> don't point at your neighbor. That's not nice. <laughs> the belly, oh my goodness. The belly thinks we just need to eat more. You know, we just, we just need to... <laughs> oh no, we've got a church full of guts. Gluttons? Guts. What? <laughs> I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Oh, we just need to eat more. We just need, you know what? If we just had better coffee, 
If we could just get back to coffee. Oh, my Lord. It, the whole the church would explode if we would just, maybe we need to have Bell and Appley bring pastries up each week. Oh, bring back the chocolate-covered bacon bar. Sorry, guys, no food, COVID. We're on a fast. You're going to fast. <laughs> uh, the heart thinks, someone who's a heart thinks we just need to love more. And they're not wrong, we do. We all need to love more. We need to care for one another. We need to understand that someone else is different and they have a different approach. Right? When we hear somebody saying, we need to do this, we need to do that, this is how you identify somebody's gift. And they're like, then you can help them and you can be like, you know what? From what I'm hearing you say, I think you are this and I think you'd be great at doing that. Put them to work. Put them to work in their gifting. I'm telling you this because all of you can help me because this is what I do often. But they don't have to necessarily make it all the way to me. Sometimes they'll only make it to you, but you can help them too. But we care for one another. Someone else has a different approach because they have a different gifting. People will always lead with their gifting, kind of like we talked before. Verse 26 through 28. And if one member suffers, then all of the members suffer. And if one member is honored, then all of the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. And so here you see, he's making a list. God has appointed first the apostle, then the prophet, then the teacher, then the miracles, then the healings, then helps. Helps is right behind healings. How many of you want to move in healing? Start helping. Start with help. You just start helping. How can I help? Listen, what can I do to help? Take out the trash? Absolutely. Clean the toilets? Yo, I'm your man. Sometimes it's the little things that make way for bigger things. You know what? Sometimes you're just going to be around. You know what? I have no problem, and I will often just grab somebody that's standing next to me and say, hey, Zach, pray with me for, for Fred. Let's Let's pray. You, you're, you're there. I grab you. You're praying. Next thing you know, they're healed. Your gift has been activated. Why? Because you were available. Because you were available. How many times has God just used somebody because they're available? Make yourself available. We win together and we lose together. You know, when the greatest quarterback of all time, I don't even want to get into that debate, when a quarterback scores the most touchdowns that anybody has ever scored, in a game, they can still lose the game. They can still lose the game. It's not likely, but it's possible because it doesn't come down to just one person. It's a team effort. We win together. We need to all do our job. When we all do our job, when we come to this place of unity, the blessing is poured out. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers... Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gift of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I will show you a more excellent way. We don't all have the same gift. We're not supposed to. And it'd be ridiculous if we did. We'd be a thumb. We're not all supposed to have the same gift. We're all supposed to have different gifts. 
And it's when we all have our own gift and we use our gift that we win, that the body of Christ wins, that Jesus is going to win. I mean, Jesus is going to win, but Jesus will win. Jesus will win in our city. Jesus will win our community. Jesus will win on our home. Jesus will win on our schools. Jesus will win on the, on, the, on the town board and on the city board and on the mayor's office and in the police department. Jesus will win when we're all here, when we're all in it together, when we're all functioning on the same page. When unity comes, we win. And now I will show you a more excellent way. This is fantastic because what happens is he's talking about the gifts that are in the body in chapter 12. And then in chapter 14, he, he continues to talk about the gifts that are active within the body and how we put them into action. And he, then he talks about a little bit more about how the church should work exactly. And in between talking about the gifts, talking about tongues here, talking about tongues there, talking about all of this, he says a whole nother chapter about how we do it, we do it in love. It's love. What's your gift, right? We talked before about how the word of wisdom moved and was like, oh, you didn't do, you tripped because your shoes were untied. You're not moving in love. That gift wasn't used with love. Every time you do something, you've got to use your gift with love. Galatians 5, 6 but, says, but what counts is faith expressing itself through love. And so, when we get the word of knowledge and we, that his shoes were untied, that wouldn't really be a word of knowledge. It's more of a word of wisdom, right? It's actually really just observation. But work with me here. We need to come lovingly. We need to first let the mercy people get in there and have mercy, make sure that he's okay. And then we can take them aside maybe later and say, hey, are you all right? Yeah, I saw you, I saw you tripped. Do you always walk around with your shoes untied? Because, you know, I, I fall down when I do that. I can't do that. You know, you, you just need to soften your approach. It needs to be more loving. You catch a lot more, what's the saying? You catch a lot more with honey than you do vinegar? Love, love is the way. Do your job. What's today's message? Do your job. Let's all do it together. When we get every Every gift in the body activated. Every gift in the body activated. Every single person. We may not even have all the right body parts, right? There's only a certain number of us here. There's thousands of body parts. But if every body part here was functioning, we'd be doing way more than what we're doing now. Way more. It'd be awesome. And it's going to be awesome. So I just want to invite you this week, find your gift if you don't know what your gift is, and then find a way to put your gift into action. We have on the Engage card, sign me up to serve. And so there's different ways here to serve. And so if you know what your gift is, you can sign up to serve where you think you can put your gift into the most, most use. Maybe you're a teacher. Sign up to teach in children's church. You have the gift of teaching. You can sign up to teach in children's church. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. If you have the gift of encouragement, you'd make an awesome greeter. Sign up for the usher team. Maybe you are gifted in music, unlike myself, you can sign up for the worship team. Maybe you love kids. That could be a gift. Just sign up for nursery. Sign up for the live feed team. Maybe you're gifted in the area of technology. I'm not. I broke my computer. I had to have my IT guy fix it. I, I barely, I, it took me like days to fix my iPad. It wasn't working. Couldn't download Keynote. It took me days to figure it out. I finally got it working. It worked. I'm so proud of myself. I know I'm not an IT gifting. 
But if you're in IT gifting, look, we've got a couple of them sitting back there. We need more. We need to fill that booth. They need to be on rotation so that I'm, I got to get Nate out here worshiping in the front. Did you see him worshiping in the back? He needs to get out here in the front one of these weeks. But it's, we need somebody else to take that computer over back there and free him up. What's your gift? Use your gift. We're going to get ready to take communion. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're all in 1 Corinthians today. Isn't it fantastic? We are one body. And if one member suffers, then all members suffer. And if one member rejoices, then all members rejoice. And so as we get ready to take communion today, as we get ready to just reflect on what the Lord is doing in our own lives, uh, just a couple of things. Um, Julie Garabedian, uh, Linda Cachadorian's mom passed away yesterday. Uh, so many of you know who, uh, who that is. Uh, Pastor Chris's um, mom passed away yesterday. So one member of the, the body suffers, right? They suffer loss. We all suffer with them. So that's going on within the body. And at the same time, there's rejoicing that takes place because Barrett and Lauren, who are probably in the nursery, uh, they just had a baby a couple weeks ago. And so we rejoice. And then you know, this Saturday, Jordan gets married, so we're all rejoicing for him as well. And so we, we, we cry with those who cry, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. We feel the joy, and we feel the pain one for another. This is the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ, and it can kind of be a yo-yo after a while, especially if you know everybody within the body, right? You know Linda really well, and you're really sad for her, but then you know Jordan really well, and you're really happy for him. And you know Lauren really well, and, and they had a baby, and you're really happy for them, and so you just keep going back and forth, and it never ends, but it's okay. This is life. This is life, and we want to be, be present in everything. We want to be present in the joy, and we want to be present in the pain. We want to be present in the sorrow. We, when, you, when we have godly sorrow, it leads to repentance. When we are hurt, when we're suffering, we bring our pain to Jesus, and he gives us joy. He gives us the oil of joy for mourning. We mourn the loss of people and individuals when they go on to be in heaven, and we're not going to see them any longer. But when we bring our mourning to the throne of God, to the altar of God, He gives us His joy. He gives us His joy. It's the oil of joy for mourning. It's the kingdom and the principle that we need to learn to, to, to take advantage of. We give Him the morning, and he gives us his joy. And we just need to, it, it's a process. We, we walk out with his joy, and then the morning gets back on us. And then we come and we lay down the morning again, and he gives us more joy. And as we walk through the week with the joy, we think again. We think again of those who we've lost, and we, we, we come back to this place of mourning. We take that morning and we bring it back to Jesus. And it's a constant, it's a constant, it's a constant cycle. But what happens is it doesn't just have to happen on Sunday. It can happen every day. It can happen every moment of every day. And so even as we have mourning throughout the week, when we have a wonderful memory of a loved one that's passed and it brings us to a place of mourning rather than to a place of joy, we lay that at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I thank you 
for my loved one that's been passed. And God, I give you this morning and I receive your joy. And so daily, moment by moment, we're called to live in this place where we're doing business with Jesus. We're giving him those things that are in our life that are worthless, and we're taking those things from him that are priceless. Jesus. God is so good. A lot going on in the body. It's awesome. We're going to take communion. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats or drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or die prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And so God, today, as we prepare to take communion, God, we reflect, and God, we just think about those things in our life. God, we pray, open our minds, open our hearts. God, show us where we might have unforgiveness. God, show us where we might have hurts or wounds that keep us from helping in the body, that keep us from using our gift. God, show us what it is that we're to do. God, we pray, speak to us even now, even here in the midst of communion this morning, God. Jesus. Jesus.